You know, church, the presence of the Lord, it never ceases to amaze me, amen? We could be in such a place of distraughtness, we could be in such a bad place, such a dark place, such a place of lostness, of indecision. And when the presence of the Lord, amen, overcomes us, everything seems to be in its right and proper place. I remember one time I was out at a, it was during a camp meeting out at Brother Swaggart's and on Saturday, usually on Saturdays or sometimes throughout the week, they'll have different teachings. And this was some years ago, not long after I had just gotten saved. And it was probably about 100 to 110 of us that were in that session that morning and Brother Bob Cornell was ministering. And during his teaching of his lesson, I think he actually was teaching on the tabernacle at that time, suddenly the presence of the Lord, amen, just as I read to you this morning, filled the entire place where we were at. And we could feel God's presence just overwhelm us, just overshadow us. And Brother Bob couldn't even speak anymore. He could not even begin to teach anymore. But we just began to worship and praise the Lord in that service. And I remember there was a very short woman who jumped up all of a sudden. And she ran down the aisle in between that room where we were at. It was like I said, it was probably 100 to 120 of us in there. And she began to speak in tongues almost very loudly. And just the sheer force of what was coming out of her when she jumped up and began to speak in tongues really loud, it scared me, amen. But then the presence of the Lord overshadowed me. And I felt like the lowest, horriblest, vilest person, sinner that had ever walked the face of the earth. And I knew that I was no good. And I knew it was just being in God's presence that caused me to feel that way. But it was the strangest emotion because even though I felt that way, at the same exact time, I felt God's loving arms, His love just overshadow me and, and Him saying, you are bad, you are no good, you are all these things. Just being in my presence is going to reveal that unto you. But I want you to know at the same time that I love you, I forgive you, and I desire you. Church, I want to tell you, that's the Lord that we serve, amen? That is the God that we serve. And I felt all of that love, I felt all of that passion from the Lord upon a lowly sinner like me. Church, he'll lavish out his love if we'll just receive it, amen? Oh, if we'll just receive it. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Joshua we starting off in Joshua chapter 1 this morning. And I'll title this message. I have a two-part series that I'm going to preach. The first part one this morning and then part two tonight. So please, if you enjoy the word, amen, if it speaks to your heart, come back and join us tonight to hear the second portion of this message that the Lord has laid upon my heart. But it's an often familiar topic that the Lord has me ministering on, amen. But he continues to drive it down into my soul, into the very fiber of my being, amen. That we have to continue to walk out our faith. 
So church, that'll be the title of the message this morning and tonight, Walking Out Your Faith. Now many times when we see in the very Word of God, when the Lord talks about walking, He's literally talking about ordering our behavior, ordering our thoughts, ordering our behavior, ordering how we treat one another, how we think, how we move, how we live, as we spoke last week about our very hearts, amen. He's talking about movement with our behavior. But I want to also tell you there are times when literally the Lord is trying to move you physically, amen? He's trying to literally move you physically. So when the Lord talks about walking out your faith, I want to tell you this morning, it is movement that is required. And we look at the children of Israel, how they had been wandering around for some 40 years out in the wilderness, amen, even though they were not following after the Lord, even though they were not believing, even though they were not trusting, even though they didn't have the faith that was required to enter into the land flowing of milk and honey, the Lord still had them moving. So I want to tell you today, no matter where you are in your walk, in your journey, in your relationship, God is never just going to require you to sit still. He may have you sit still, but for a moment, but for a season to hear from the Lord, to wait on the Lord, to get everything back into perspective. But I want to tell you, he's going to come to the point to where he finally tells you, just like he told Elijah in the cave, what are you doing here? Amen? He requires us to move. And I want to tell you, as the Lord attempts to stretch our faith and ask us to walk in his faith, the entire reason that the Lord always has us walking and moving in our faith is because of love. Church, He loves us so much that He wants us to move on past things, above things, through things. He wants us to move with faith through the supernatural to overcome the supernatural so that we can experience everything that He desires to give us. Church, but we got to move to get there. Amen. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. Everybody in their Bibles, Joshua chapter 1. First thing I want to tell you about this is if the Lord is asking you to move past something, move through something, something that's maybe been hindering you, something that's been lingering, something that's been there for an extended amount of time, and God says, now is the time to move through this point. It can almost seem supernatural unto us. Like, I can never get through it. I've been struggling with it. I've been fighting with it. I've been here for a very, very long time. And I know I love the Lord. I know that He saved me. I know that He's raised me. But it would take me literally moving through the supernatural in order to get past this path that is blocking me. I want to tell you first and foremost before we get into this this morning, if the Lord has called you to this place, amen, I want to tell you, He has anointed you also to move. And the Bible tells us this about Joshua, who was anointed to lead the people into this place of movement. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying... Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. 
For the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you, my Lord. Mm. Be strong and have good courage, for unto this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be ye strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that you may as prosper wherever you shall go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written thereon, for you shall make the way prosperous, and then shall you have good success. Have not I commanded you to be strong and of good courage, and be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you shall go. So we see the Lord not just giving Joshua some kind of nice pep talk, but we see the Lord giving him great instruction, not only what he should do, but also how the Lord views Joshua and what the Lord is going to do unto Joshua and to his heart. He gives him here an anointing. He gives him a task. He gives him a mission. You have to understand, they were led out of Egypt, they had been walking out in the wilderness for some 40 years, literally going in circles. That's all they were doing over and over and over again. They were promised the land flowing with milk and honey. But whenever they sent the spies into the land, it was only Joshua and Caleb that had the faith to say, yes, there's giants in the land. Yes, it would be overwhelming obstacles. But the Lord has already given unto us. We have faith. We believe that even though these things look larger than us, even though these things look greater than us, we have something that this don't have. We have the Lord our God that's on our side. And hallelujah, if he's with us, who can be against us? And it was only these two men that had the faith from that entire generation to go and to move by faith, to walk out their faith before the Lord. The rest of them were either afraid or didn't believe it was for them or didn't believe they could overcome these things. They did not have the faith to begin to walk out their faith. It wasn't there for them to move. Therefore, they just kept going in circles over and over and over again. I was here last year. I was here the year before. I was here the year before that. I was here the year before that. I want to ask you this morning, how many of us have just went in circles? Those of you that have been believers for a very, very long time, how many of you is where you were maybe even 10? years ago and you're back in the same exact spot again but the Lord says I have anointed you I have touched you I shall go before you I shall give you grace I shall give you mercy I shall give you power Everywhere you put your foot, I want to tell you, you can't hang out here in your faith forever. I want you to move over here, and I'm commanding you, I'm anointing you, I'm touching you to move. Hallelujah. And he gave Joshua this charge. 
Church, I want to tell you, it's not an easy thing to do to lead others, amen? In fact, get you some leadership sometime, then come talk to me. Everybody's got their own perspective, everybody's got their own ideas, and everybody's got their own opinion. And everybody thinks they're right. And in their world, you may be hearing about, you, in your world, you've got 150 problems you're trying to deal with as you're trying to lead. Joe over here comes to you, he's got one problem. His whole world is his one problem. So as you're talking to Joe, trying to lead on what we should do, you're trying to decide where Joe's problem stacks in all the 150 problems you've got going on. Have I ever been a leader? Okay, I got two claps on that one. Y'all either ain't been leaders or y'all ain't being honest with yourselves. It's not easy to lead, amen? It's not easy to have the faith to stand up and say, God has charged me to move through the supernatural. I don't want to come back here again because the Lord has told me I have to move. Turn me in your Bibles over to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 1 says this. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. So we see right here a point, a time, a moment after wandering around for 40 years, God tells them now is the time, now is the moment to cross over this great obstacle which is going to take a supernatural experience in order to arrive and begin to walk through your faith to arrive in this place by faith, a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, Brother Joy, what's the big deal about the River Jordan? I thought it wasn't that big. It's not. Did you know that the River Jordan is only about uh, 60 to 100 feet wide, usually on average, and it's usually only about 6 to 10, 6 to 12 feet deep in depth. It's not that large of a river. We have much, much larger rivers. But there was an overwhelming problem right now with the river. You see, in this time frame, in March and April, all of the snow would begin to melt off of the mountains, and it would all go in down to the River Jordan. So the River Jordan was literally overflowing its banks at this time. The water was spread very wide, and I don't know exactly how wide it was. Some would say it was even maybe even a quarter mile wide at this point. It went from 60 to 100 feet to perhaps being some five, 600 feet wide. It was like a quarter mile almost wide, and so it was literally overflowing their banks. Come on, they didn't have any boats to cross in. They didn't have any motors. They didn't have any way to build some bridge. They didn't have the technology that you and I have. If they would have stepped off into that water, chances are just the flow of the water would have swept them away. 
swept them away, swept their cattle away, swept their children away. It would have just swept them all the way, and they would have been caught up in that water and probably potentially drowned or been separated and scattered. So this was an overwhelming problem right here, an overwhelming obstacle. But the Lord was telling Joshua, no, you cannot wait until another month. You can't wait until another month and a half and all the water is going to go down and it's going to be easy for you to cross. But I want you to cross right now. You see, I have ordained you. I have touched you. I have anointed you. And now is the time to begin to walk out your faith. You have to walk through this faith and you will see and experience the supernatural to get on the other side of where I'm trying to lead you. It was a major obstacle they were trying to cross. And verse 3 says this, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. So we see the Lord telling them the way that you're going to cross over this is you're going to take up the Ark of the Covenant. Now we know there were several things that was in the Ark of the Covenant. Anybody remember what they were? We had the bread that came down from heaven. We had the staff that budded of Aaron's. And then we had the Ten Commandments, the stone tablets that Moses had to rewrite because he broke the first one. Anybody remember the story? Broke them over that old calf's head. But it all represented the Lord. It represented the high priest of the Lord. It represented his authority. It represented his provision. It represented his love. It represented his mercy. It represented everything so that you and I can have atonement. Amen. We can have right and proper relationship with the Lord. So it represented God now going before them saying, if you will take up the ark and you will have faith and that when the Lord alone goes, if you will get up and you will rise up and you will gather up everything and you will begin to walk out your faith, I'm going to show you that the supernatural is going to occur. Hallelujah. The only way you can truly walk out your faith is if you follow me as I move before you. Come on, am I ministering to anybody today? And verse 4 says this, Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you may go, for you have not passed this way before. So we see the Lord telling them a distance, a cubit is about a foot and a half. So we don't know exactly how far this was. It could have probably been somewhere 1,500, 2,000 feet exactly of their measurements. But we see the Lord giving them this distance between himself. How many of us know that we have to first wait on the Lord? If we're going to walk by faith and we're going to move through the supernatural, amen, how many of us know this morning that we can't just jump up in our own strength? We can't just jump up in our own intelligence. We can't just jump up and say, I'm going to do this right now, but we have to wait first on the Lord to go and move before us. And as God moves before us, amen, the Bible tells us that we also stand up and begin to move, hallelujah, after the Lord. And verse 5 says this, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So we know the word sanctify here, it means to 
cleanse, it means to wash, but what it really means is to be set apart. Church, I've been harping on this, and I'm not going to stop, hallelujah, until we get it. I want to tell you once more, the Lord is not going to bless you if you're living in sin. I'm not going to get on my soapbox this morning, as I talked about last Sunday. I'm not saying you're not saved, but if you keep getting off in a sin, you may get to a point to where you're not saved anymore. You lived there long enough. Amen? You can't run around and say, I was saved when I was eight years old, and I've just lived like hell ever since then. Church, that ain't how it works. But Joshua says here, get up. Get up from where you're at. Get up from where you've been wandering around for 40 years. Because God is saying, right now is the time to move. But Brother Joey, I see it overflooding the banks. I see the obstacle before me. I see that I could never step off into that because I will die. I want to stay on the other side. But God is saying, God is requiring, you have to have faith. You have to begin to walk out your faith. You can't stay here anymore because God wants to move you into something greater and hallelujah, sweeter and more precious, hallelujah. He wants to move you into a better place. He wants to move you into this place. He says, cleanse yourselves, sanctify yourselves, set yourselves apart. See, the Bible tells us that if we just call out to the Lord and we say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my unrighteousness. Lord, I repent of my sins. Lord, help me. The Bible tells us that He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to tell you this morning, if the Lord's moving on your heart to move into that place, you have to first get right with the Lord. If you got sin in your life, amen, you need to ask the Lord to forgive you of that sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Church, you're not going to be able to move as long as you have these pet sins in your life. I've heard people say, well, I just struggle with it for so long. The Lord's just going to have to put up with it. No, He don't. God doesn't work by our rules. He works by His rules. We can't just do whatever we want to do and say, well, God's just going to accept that He's a God and He's a... He's a God of love and mercy. He is a God of love and mercy. But I want to tell you something. He's righteous and He's holy and He's perfect and He will not accept sin in His presence. That's the line of thinking we need to come to. Amen? Not, well, I got a temper. God should have to put up with it. Church, He, he does not. He does not. God don't change. We do. God don't improve. We do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, cleanse yourselves. Well, Brother Joy, they'd been walking after the Lord for some 40 years. They had the cloud by day. They had the pillar of fire by night. And still, before the Lord says, I'm going to take you and move you through the supernatural, before you're able to move through the supernatural, you have to sanctify and cleanse yourselves. You have to come to a point to where you say, I will be set apart unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him some praise on that, my Lord. Mm. Verse 6 says this, And Joshua spoke unto the priests, saying, 
take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel, that you may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Hallelujah. You know, church, it's wonderful how the Lord, this is such an important task, this is such a great thing that he's about to move them supernaturally. He's going to perform a miracle. He's going to do a wonder. It's such a great thing how the Lord puts these personal messages, these personal notes, amen, unto people. Do you think he really needed to put that in here? We would look at us and say, it's such a great thing moving these people. Why does the Lord choose to communicate that he spoke this individually to Joshua? Because he wanted to confirm it in Joshua's heart. I'm reminded of whenever the Lord was crucified on the cross. And remember, we know that he was dead and buried in the tomb, amen, for three days and three nights. And we know that he rose again to newness of life. If y'all remember when on the road to Emmaus, remember whenever uh, Mary and Mary go to visit him and he appears unto them. And he basically tells them this. This is what he has to say. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter that I'm back, that I rose again. He didn't just say the disciples, but he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Now, we all know because Peter had denied him three times, Peter was in a very very dark place. Peter was separated from the Lord. In fact, Peter had put a self-imposing curse upon himself, saying that he did not know the man. Peter, when he would come into contact with John and some of the others, he says, I'm not even worthy to be in your presence anymore because of what I've done. But Christ in all of his busyness, come on, it was the greatest moment in all human creation that death has no more power over mankind through Jesus Christ, hallelujah. It was great, it was wondrous, it was glorious, hallelujah. It was the defining moment of God to come back and say, hallelujah, I rose again to newness of life. They thought I was dead and buried. You go tell all the disciples that I'm back and I shall never die again, hallelujah. But in all that, tell Peter, tell Peter that I'm coming back. I'm here. Hallelujah. This is like another note he just gives unto Joshua. Oh, yeah, Joshua, by the way, I'm going to begin to build you up. I'm going to begin to magnify you today. Hallelujah. Today. And verse 8 says this. And you shall command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you are come to the brink of the water Jordan, you shall stand still in Jordan. So we see right here the Lord telling them, There's going to be a moment before you step off in faith. There's going to be a moment before your faith is going to take you through the supernatural. 
Church, I would bear to say that we all come to that place in that moment, amen, when the Lord begins to move in our hearts, He begins to confirm things unto us, amen. It's special, it's personal to many of us, but there is a moment, amen. I can look back in my own life, I want to tell y'all, the day I got saved, I'm a firm believer. If I wouldn't have got saved that moment, I don't think I'd be here right now. I don't mean in this pulpit, I mean on this earth. I think God had reached out to me in love enough, and I think it had finally come down to the point to where I felt like I was going to have a heart attack that day. My heart was about to beat out of my chest, and I was a young man, amen. But the Lord had said, today you will accept me. And I want to tell you, church, I don't even know what that preacher preached, but I was gripping onto that pew, and my knuckles were white, amen. And I had to come to the Lord, and I'm a firm believer. If I wouldn't have come to the Lord that day, it would have been the end of Joey. His grace, His mercy, His love had reached out so many times to me that I had rejected it. There was a moment to where I would either step off in faith or I would step back into obscurity and death and torment everlasting. There's a moment here before. And Joshua says this in verse 9. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua says, come a little bit closer and hear what God is speaking unto us today. God is calling out our faith, building up our faith, and saying, you've been here long enough, but now is the moment, now is the time where you have to walk out your faith, and your walking out of your faith is going to cause you into a path that you could never overcome. But I want to tell you something. I will go before you, and hallelujah, I will perform the supernatural if you will step out in your faith. Come on, is this for anybody today? Mm. Verse 10 says this, and Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold the Ark of the Covenant, verse 11, of the Lord of all the earth passed over before you unto Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass, verse 14, when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped into the brim of water, for Jordan overflowed all of its banks the time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zaratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. 
And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the very midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. We see here the priest going before the people. The Lord speaking to Joshua in particular, saying now is the time to stop going in circles, to stop going back and revisiting those same familiar places that you keep encountering over and over again. I want to move you into a new place, into a better place, into a place of more future, a place of more sustainment. You keep going in circles and you keep ending up here again, but the only way that you're going to get into this place is if you have the faith, and not just the faith, the trusting and believing, but you also have the unction and the belief that you have to begin to walk out your faith. And right in front of you as you attempt to walk out this faith is something that looks like it will kill you, it will destroy you. If you enter into it, it will totally scatter you. But I want you to have the faith to know that I have already went before you. But in order for this faith to be in action, you have to begin to step out. And everywhere you put your foot by faith, amen, I have already given it unto you. And as they stepped out unto the flood, as they stepped out unto the flow, as they stepped out unto death, death, the flow, the power, and the scattering had to flee before them because the Lord had already went before them. And as they trotted out into the river Jordan, the water had to be pushed back. And it says that even where they were standing was dry ground. Come on, it was just like kicking up dust as they had went through the Red Sea. And it says that as the water begun, began to flow, as it kept coming, it kept coming, it kept coming, it kept flowing. You see, the flow didn't stop. Death was still right there to their right hand. Amen. As they began to walk out into that place, the Lord had commanded them to walk. Death was still right there and it says all of the water had rose up like a great wall before them and even though death lingered before them the Lord had commanded them even though death is going to be visible it's going to be right there before you I want you to know that I have the power hallelujah to stop death from overtaking you what did David say in the 23rd Psalms yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow and death, though I continue to move, for the Lord shall lead me to green pastures. He shall lead me unto the still waters. Amen. Church, it's a walk of movement. Come on, are you tired of being there? Come on, somebody. You're tired of being there. I'm tired of revisiting the same old places. I don't know if you journal, amen. I don't journal much, but when I do, 
I'm able to see I was just here two years ago. Anybody else ever journal? Anybody even read their Bibles in the house this morning? I didn't like that, did y'all? Relationship. Don't talk to your spouse for a month and see what happens. You may not be wearing that ring anymore. Relationship. Brother Joey, I don't like to read. I'm sorry. I didn't make up the rules. He did. Anybody? He made them up. He made the rules. You don't like to read, you got to have to learn how to read. Amen. Because <laughs> this is one of the primary ways that he chooses to communicate with us. This and through prayer. This is how he chooses to communicate with us. I'm tired of going back to the same places. Amen, aren't you? It's time for us to begin to walk out our faith and I want to tell you that if God's moving on your heart to move hallelujah now is the time he's already went before you amen and if we'll just step out by faith and begin to walk out that faith God will move us through death hell and the grave he'll move us supernaturally through these great obstacles there's no way that we could move in this path and in this direction unless the Lord did a miracle and did a wonder upon us. People always are looking for a sign. They're always looking for a miracle. I want to tell you, just being a preacher, predominantly an evangelist at heart, there's no greater miracle, in my opinion, than someone getting saved. There's no greater miracle. If someone could walk into a service or come into contact with someone and they are lying, they are lying, they are going to death, hell, and the grave, they're no good, they're a great sinner, and their fate has been sealed, but hallelujah, their heart is so hardened, and they're so decrepit, and they're so lost, and they don't know what they don't know, but they can come into contact with the light and the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you can see that light pierce all the way down into that old hardened heart, amen, and you can see that the gospel begins to speak to them, it begins to grow inside of them, and all of a sudden where they had lies, and they had deceit, now they have love, and they have truth. And they can walk out of that service or walk away from that person accepting the Lord into their heart and all of a sudden they are transformed into a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, hallelujah, they have a new fate, they have a new future, they have a new attitude, they have a new everything. Church, there's nothing greater than the salvation of a soul. I want to tell you this morning, there's nothing greater than the Lord moving upon our old hardened complacent hearts that are very, very comfortable going in circles. We're very, very comfortable going in circles. Oh, I know the way I've been here. Some of us went out to eat last night, amen, and I drove home, and the reason I wanted to drive home is because I knew how to get back home. I knew the way! Many of us have the same attitude, amen? We don't want to go to where the Lord truly is taking us and leading us because we're very, very comfortable coming back to the same places over and over and over again. 
But God says, I have prepared a place for you, flowing with milk and honey. And I know all you see is death to get there, but I'll stop death if you'll step out by faith to arrive in that place. Amen? Amen. Give him some praise this morning. Mm. Would you stand with us, please, this morning? We got just a small amount of time. If you want to hear the second portion to this message, please come back and join us tonight at 6 o'clock. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back for a few moments. Come on, did y'all get something from the Word today? The Bible has often been called, talking about the New Testament the Old Testament. It says that the New Testament is the Old Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Everything we see the Lord teaching us and showing us in the Old Testament is representative of our relationship in Jesus Christ, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. Amen. In Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ requires us to move and to walk out our faith. Amen. Move supernaturally through any obstacle that the Lord has put before us. Has not the Lord anointed you? Has not the Lord called you? Has not the Lord equipped you for this task that's before you? Amen. And He's already went before you. I don't know who this message was for this morning. Maybe it was just for the pastor this morning. I'm tired of the same circles. I want to see the supernatural. I want my heart to be overflowing. I want the abundant life. I want fire. I want unction. I want passion. I want desire. I want a church that's so hungry and thirsty for the things of God that it just overflows, overflows, overflows. Come on, we have to direct traffic out there. It ain't just about numbers, but it's about the presence of God but in order for us to get there as a body as a people we got to take that first step well brother Joey I like it where I'm at you may like it where you are but I want to tell you something you're missing out on what the Lord wants to do through you by you and where he will take you unless you step out by faith with a hunger and thirst and desire to get to that place he's desired for us. Amen. Come on, these altars are open this morning as they begin to play. If you want prayer, I'd love to pray with you today. Come on, would you come this morning if the word spoke to you today, amen? Walking out your faith.